Women Taking the Lead, Episode 240. You do not need that piece of paper. Just get on with it. (laughs) I love that. I want to quote that. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Have you grabbed your copy of my best-selling book, Accomplished? How to Go from Dreaming to Doing? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplished to access the secrets to achievement and success. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Lynette Delane. And as a tech translator, Lynette embodies an intrinsic ability to save business owners time and therefore money. It's like her magic trick. Her purpose is to deliver back to her clients the all-elusive spare time, that's an air quote, spare time, so they can use it to do what they love. She puts her principles into practice in her own business, Kits and Bits, founded with the desire to create a work-life balance and prove to her clients it can be done. Lynette, it is so good to have you here. And that's just a little intro for everyone. So if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Sure, Jodie. I'm really glad to be here. So um, I am Australian, in case you couldn't tell from the accent. Um, I grew up in Perth, uh, or grew up in a small country town a couple of hours north of Perth, which is the most isolated capital city in the world. There's not a lot around. Um, uh, I'm the youngest of nine, also a big Catholic family like your own. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, you know, when I left uh, primary school, which is your elementary school, uh, there were 11 students in my year seven class before I graduated into middle school. So, you know, pretty pretty small town. Um, I left school when I was 17 I did a semester of university um, of teaching, high school teaching, but I really couldn't afford to stay. I was completely supporting myself. Um, And so I left and then ended up doing really low-paid, basic hospitality jobs for the next 10 years. Um, And then I stumbled into this short term, it was only meant to be three months long, uh, data entry role at a university in Perth and that changed the course of my life. So I automatically started doing process improvement, just going, why are we doing it that way? Why aren't we doing it this way? And um, I very quickly became known as that person who would look at things in a different way. And so from there I went into a training role. I started doing my own manuals and so I started doing technical writing And that's really where I then built, you know, the rest of my career for the last 10 years or so and then, yeah, what started my business. So I've been in business for uh, two years now, uh, two and a bit, but it's been a very lumpy couple of years. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's that's sort of my humble beginnings. No piece of paper, um, you know, no qualification um, and really just yeah learning everything myself yeah and you know Lynette there's there's a lot to be said for what you've done because how you came onto my radar was other people and your clients raving about you right? Because people love the work that you do. And we're going to we're definitely going to get more into what that looks like in your business. But I think that says more than a piece of paper hanging on the wall is how do you deliver for your clients? What value do you bring to them? And if they're raving about you, like unprompted, that says something to me. 
yeah, and that's been, I think, one of the things that has definitely kept me going through this um, rough couple of years. So in the first two years of my business, I left my partner of four years and then my mum got sick and passed away. Um, so, you know, that's some challenging times. Um, but it's been those people who have gone, actually, you've got something really important to offer here. Um, you know, let's get you out there. And they've been amazing. And that's what's kept me going. I love that. So you've clearly had success with your clients, your business is growing. I mean, there are always challenges not to minimize what you've gone through. No. But there's <laughs> never a point when life stops throwing things at us, right? That that's just life. Things are happening. Um, some some things we enjoy, some things we definitely don't, you know, but you've I can definitely get a sense of even through the bumpy road, you've now like achieved a certain level of confidence in your business and what you offer for people. But where I start everyone off, you know, um, at the beginning of this interview is kind of the low moments, like those moments where we've experienced self-doubt. I call them playing small moments, um, referring back to one of my favorite quotes from Marianne Williamson. So Lynette, if you could share with us a time in your life when you were playing small, share with us that story and the lessons you've learned from it. Oh, I don't think there's any one moment that stands out, but there's lots and lots and lots of little ones. So I think for me, um, you know, being the youngest of nine, I had a lot of opinions in my life. <laughs> um, and so I've been told what to do a great deal and what I should be and what I shouldn't be and what I shouldn't do. And so I've spent a lot of time with self-doubt around will the, will other people approve. Um, and I think for me the formal qualification has been a real stumbling block in my life. Um, you know, I, I started seeing friends who were getting their uni degree and going off and earning a lot more money than me or things like that. And that it became a bit of a chip on my shoulder, if you like, um, and it would stop me from, um, you know, applying for jobs that I thought I could do or even pitching myself really well in a job interview. Um, and it took me until, you know, in my 30s to realise that my biggest strength was actually not a piece of paper. It was that I would just give things a go um, and I would figure it out as I went along. I love that. And so what have you what have you learned from that? Like how are you applying that in your life in your business today? Yeah, so I think um breaking molds is a bit of a challenge for me now. <laughs> I really I really like um doing things differently. I've even had some emails this week um about a challenge that I'm delivering saying, "Oh, I've spoken to such and such and they they think this is a bit of a waste of time." And I'm like, oh, is that right? Okay, well, let me tell you why it's not. <laughs> um, and so I've really I've spent a lot of time in the last few years in particular, um, thankfully listening to Brene Brown, who has a lot to say on this subject. Um, and, yeah, I've really started embracing my strengths and, and what's um, – you know, what's really good and what's inherent in me. Um, I think too often we try and make ourselves over um, instead of actually harnessing, you know, that, like the Marianne Williamson quote, you know, what what is that what is that thing that is most powerful in us? And I think now that I'm starting to embrace that, it's really starting to show up in not just my business life but my personal life as well. I love that. And, you know, 
I hear so many people say that, you know, take, for instance, the, the example you gave where somebody you're working with somebody, you are trying something different because you do bring a unique perspective to the table. And they say, oh, well, I was talking to somebody and they said that was a bad idea. I've heard people share a different ending to the story where they then said, so because I wanted to please my client, I went along with what they suggested and it was a complete mess and it failed. And then we had to go back from scratch. Like the the story on the other side, when we we don't hold to what we know, right? And and you know sometimes there is experimenting, but there's a value in experimenting. And I love that you had the answer ready for your client when they came back to you. <laughs> yeah, it was a real you know it was a real self doubt moment. You know I got I got an email and a Facebook message. And both of them said roughly the same thing, but from completely different audiences. And there was that moment where I'm like, oh, do I actually know what I'm talking about? Maybe they're right. Mm. I thought about it and went, "Mm, actually, no, no, they're not. Thank God you had that moment where you could like <laughs> think it through a little bit and you segued perfectly into the next question too, because you talked about you have to appreciate and own what's inherent within you. And this takes us right to talking about our leadership styles, because that's exactly what I'm trying to pull out of my guests when I'm asking this question. Like, how do you lean into your strengths? Because that is your leadership style. So Lynette, what would you, how would you describe your leadership? style? Uh, I am definitely a lead by example person. (laughs) So I would never ask someone to do something that I am either haven't done or wouldn't do myself. Um, I've spent uh, a lot of my life in service roles. So I've been on, you know, I got, I don't even know how many committees um, for, you know, nonprofits and things like that. Um, And I'm never the person directing everybody else in what to do I am always the person going right okay well if we want to do this let me get in and get my hands dirty um and I think you know when I've followed good leaders they have been similar so that you know they're not people that actually just go and make decisions without understanding how everything works underneath or, you know, what the impact is or how that affects people. Um, And, again, I grew up, you know, because I started in some of these lower-paid service roles, I learnt very early on that, you know, if you were working for a big corporation, the cleaners and the admin staff were the people that you really wanted to know (laughs) because they, they quite often know more about the business than the CEO. Right. Right. And they know they know the rules and they know when to follow them and when to break them. They do and they know and they know everybody. You know, they know everybody's name. They know what they do, what mm-hmm. they're like, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And so um, I think I've spent a you know, a lot of time in, in that space where um, yeah, I will I will get in and do the dirty work, you know. Um, I've literally washed dishes and picked up trash and um, I wouldn't expect anybody else to do that if I wasn't willing to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And another thing in your in your current business, Lynette, I get a sense of, and it brings me back to my corporate days when we were trying out new software and stuff like that. And if you were, you know, um, assigned to be a part of the testing period, you were basically told, go in and try to break this. Like, we want to find out what's wrong with it. You strike me as the type of person who like first goes in and, and is like, I'm going to break it, <laughs> like see what's wrong and then see what it can do. Because then you have a sense of how robust it is 
Absolutely. And, and I've, you know, I've spent the last 10 years doing that and natu- and I found myself doing it naturally. Um, again, that inherent, you know, um, toolkit that's inside of me. Um, and yeah, that data entry role that I started doing um, really became, um, you know, became a testing role going, well, what if we do it this way? And what if we try this? And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I spent a lot of time trying to break software. <laughs> Okay. And Lynette, this next question, because I'm sure there are some people listening to our conversation going, what is it exactly that Lynette does, right? So I I do want to know what you're really excited about in your business right now, but also introduce, you know, kind of lead into that by explaining to everybody, you know, your business and what you do for your clients. Sure. So I, uh, so as you mentioned, I'm a tech translator. So what that means is that I help Small business owners um, use the software that they already have, you know, whether that's um, software as service, whether they've signed up for that or whether it's installed on their computer, I help them use it more efficiently so that they are more productive and that they can spend that time doing things that they love rather than spending more time doing admin and, and, you know, clicking around their computer with no intention. Um, And so I do that via... um, training so I help people actually use their software better but in a customized way so I actually work to what do they need to know what are the gaps that they need filled rather than a you know a generic sort of a through to z um, manual Um, I also design branded templates um, in Microsoft Office products so that um, people can uh, the business owners can really have something that looks good as well as functions well and produce a really great professional feel. And I also help them document their business process, which includes a lot of breaking. <laughs> we, break, <laughs> we break a lot of pro- processes in order to document them. Yeah, to find out what's not working. Yeah, absolutely, and, and where the gaps are. So, um, yeah, so what I'm really excited about at the moment is I have a brand-new package coming out, which only just sort of fell into place for me in the last couple of weeks um, which is a practical um, program of Microsoft Office training. So rather than, you know, Excel Basic 1, um, I am teaching people how to design a time-tracking spreadsheet um, so that they can measure where they're putting their time, what capability they have left after all of that, uh, things like that, how to design a Word template that they can use for an ebook or a um, report. Uh, how to create a electronic letterhead that actually has you know your different first page to your second page with all of the branding and everything built into it, um, and how to create infographics and custom layouts in PowerPoint. So that's been a real um, I don't know I don't know what the right word is, but really exciting for me because one of the challenges for me is getting people to understand. Um, what I do and how I can actually help rather than that's because it's different to how they're used to people training them in how to use software. Right. And what you just shared, because I was going to ask you to give some examples of what types of software that you um, work with your clients on. So great example, the Microsoft Office Suites, right, which is humongous. 
And yeah. <laughs> most people usually only open up a Word doc, right, to create a document or maybe use a spreadsheet to, to track time and different information. I use a spreadsheet for my podcast to track everything that needs to get done from A to Z. Um, you know, but we don't. And I use some PowerPoint for when I'm doing presentations, but never had an opportunity to sit down with somebody and have somebody ask me, OK, well, what do you do in your business? And then translate for me, here's how Microsoft Office Suites can help you and save you time with everything that we now know you do. Yeah. And especially, you know, if you're over 40 um, or even over 30 these days, you know, if you, you've been using computers for a long time and you've used them to the degree that you've needed to use them. Um, so, you know, you've, you've been taught how to use a Word document as far as you've needed to know. Um, but as a business owner, you now start to need to know a lot more, but you have less time to learn that. And so expecting somebody to go to a full day training um, where they already know four of the things that are going to be taught and four of the things they never need to know, um, you know, that's a, that's a waste of their time. And and so there's, there's nothing really out there where people can actually say, right, I just need to learn these four things. Um, where it's where it's one to one, where it's coached, you know, there's um, you can go on Udemy and Lynda.com, you know, all those things where it's self-paced, but you still have to know what you're looking for, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you need to know what to what to skip ahead to. Where if somebody says this is what I need to achieve, I can go right, okay, well, here's the ways in which you can do that, and let's walk you through it. Yes. I hear a lot of business owners talk about that pain where they're like, I don't want to be a part of a group program where they're going to teach things I already know or don't need to know, you know, and that's the frustration because you're still paying for everything. Yeah. You know, they want the customized to have somebody just be like, tell me what I need to know. And that saves time and it saves money. And it sounds like you have that solution. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Okay. I hope that helped everyone understand what it is now that Lynette does. (laughs) And Lynette, on the flip side of things, what would you say is your biggest leadership or business challenge? I think for me, my biggest business challenge is that, that, um, you know, people have grown up with this software. They're sort of used to it. And so to a degree, because they don't know what they don't know, they think that they've already they already know most of it. So I've done some research with, you know, my clients and um, people around, you know, sort of in my community and I sent out a survey of um, skills that, you know, could be used in Microsoft Office. What I didn't tell them was that the list of skills was only what you would learn in basic training. Um, And even when I got the results back, people still only knew 60 to 70% of what's in the basic training. Um, and so, you know, if you look at Excel, for example, people, you know, I would even say that I only know 60% of what's capable in Excel. My brother, who's a chartered accountant who does financial modeling, probably still only knows 85 to 90%. So the average person is really using maybe five to 10% of what Excel is capable of. Um, and so there's a lot of thinking, I think that they don't need to know more or that they already know what they need, but it you can just get that little bit more knowledge would just make you so much more efficient. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's the issue right there. It's not, um, they don't know why they need to know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why the coming up with that practical outcome has really 
um, I think will work for me because people can actually go, oh, okay, I understand that. That's the outcome that I want and you're going to show me how to achieve it rather than just learn some random skills. Okay. And so correct me if I'm wrong. I'm What I'm hearing the challenges is kind of what you're not saying is how do I make people realize or help people to realize that they need my services? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what, so what will, if you could sum up in a couple of sentences, um, what do your clients know? What, what is true for them? That they don't have enough time mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because they're doing everything, every, you know, they're doing everything themselves um, and that they don't want to lose control. So there's a lot of people out there that are quite happy to hand everything over to a VA. Um, but my clients and my ideal clients actually still want to know how things work. Um and they know that they don't know everything. <laughs> okay. And so how are they, how do I want to say this? So they don't have enough time and they don't want to lose control. They want to have some idea of what the problem is and how to fix it, but they're not asking for your help. Why is that? Um, well, for a, for a lot of it, uh, so my existing clients um, are fine because they know most of what I do, um, but generally people don't know that my service even exists. So there's not many people um, that I know of in Australia anyway that train the way I do in this very uncustom, you know, very customised way where I don't need any prep. So, you know, most people are used to going to someone and going, right, I need to learn all of these skills, you know, put together a program um, and or they have to, you know, they have to go to these group classes or they have to learn online and there's not many people that are doing it the way I'm doing it where it's like literally let's open up your window and let's see how you work. Let's just, let's just look at how you work on a day-to-day basis and make you better at it. Um, because there's not many people that have the breadth of knowledge of Microsoft in particular. Um, there's a lot of people that know one package really well, so they might be really good at Word, um, but not know much about Excel, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so, yeah, so they don't actually even know that I exist, is, I suppose is the, is the short way of describing so what, you, what you're saying is if they knew how you worked and how you're different from these, like, day-long classes and all of that, they would want to hire you. Yeah, but they're not even Googling me because they don't know that they're that the service even, yeah, that the service even exists. Okay, so then mm. it's really a visibility issue. Like you're yes. not visible and cl- it, it also sounds like and clear yeah. about what problems you solve for them specifically. Like you have kind of the general problems that I think a lot of people have is they don't have enough time. Yes. Right, and they there's all these things, but you're different from outsourcing the bookkeeping and outsourcing the website and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like you have to get very specific and I help you with the software. But I would say actually, Lynette, I think a lot of business owners are very in tune with the fact that they don't really clearly understand all the software that they use in their business. I think, uh, yes, I think that's true. Um, I think Microsoft Office is there's a slightly different mindset because they've been using it for so long. Mm-hmm. So if you're a brand new business owner and all of a sudden you're thrust into using social media schedulers and 
and lots of different social medias that you've, you know, not been on for 10 years. Yeah. Um, I think they completely understand that and they go, I don't know any of this and I'm going to go and get help with that. I think Microsoft Office is a little bit like the next door neighbor you take for granted. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I totally get it. Right. So new software people get that they don't understand it, but old software they've been using for 15, 20 years, they don't really get that, that, that they're, they're actually limited in their ability with it. Okay. So it's, so what I'm hearing is it's about ma- having these business owners become aware of how archaic their skills are with yes. this, this old software. Okay. How can you show them that? Um, so the, well, so the challenge I'm doing at the moment um, on Windows 10 is showing that. Um, so I have to, use, I do video tutorials. That is my best way of showing people that there are other options out there, I mm-hmm. suppose. Um, so yeah, video tutorials are my, are my, are my big one, but it's, and but getting that to them in the first place is again where the challenge is. So um, I've just started doing a lot more um, visible testimonials. So rather yep. than just words, um, I've uh, you know been getting um, stuff off my clients to go, hey, can you let me show people what I've done with templates? But with the training, it's a lot harder. Um, I am looking at doing like a case study. Um, mm-hmm recording with one of my clients who I work with all the time um, so that people can actually see how I train. Uh, but other than that, I'm, I've got no ideas. So Yeah. Well, Lynette, I love that you're doing video tutorials because that does show like what, what you focus on, what you're capable of. You yeah. know, having a video of you working with a client will also, you know, display, you know, what it's like to work with you. I think initially people need something really flashy. An yep. eye opening to catch their attention. Otherwise, they're not going to invest the time yep. in, in watching a video. Um, but I love that um, you're showcase some some templates that you did. What yep. you might what, what the kind of the visual I got in my head is if you could do a before and after. Yes. For real people like like offer up like almost like a contest, like you will take somebody's old work templates and whatever it is, proposals, invoices, what have you, and you will apply your, you know, Microsoft Word magic, like really use that bland vanilla term in it. Like I'm going to show you how magical Microsoft Office can be. And then you can also have before and after pictures. And those are visuals you can use in your business as well. But, you know, it's that something it's almost like people have to be stopped in their tracks and see that, oh, my God, I didn't realize you could do like I do that sometimes when somebody shows me a document. We were talking about Anna before this call. She's like, I just did it in Microsoft Word. I was like, what? (laughs) Like, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And we think Microsoft Office can't do that. We think that, honestly, Lynette, I would have thought she did that in one of the like graphic design softwares that we hear about, not Microsoft Word. So really showcasing and having visuals uh, and making it very, very clear. This was created in Microsoft Word. I can show you how to do this. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, because it's really just an understanding that people don't realize that one, Microsoft Office is capable of more than we think it is, but our skills, our current skill set will not allow us to do that. It's not a problem with the software, it's a problem with the skill set. 
like, yes, right. yes, that is exactly it. Beautiful. Yeah, it's like what we were talking about before, like we started the recording, the whole picnic problem in chair, not in computer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Okay. All right, Lynette, now we're going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Uh, so similar to what I was saying about how I lead, um, I think understanding the process is key to me being a better leader. So you know, again, not doing something, not telling someone to do something that I wouldn't do myself um, or don't understand. Um, the biggest hurdles I've had um, being a follower um, is when my leadership hasn't understood the effect of changing a process or implementing a new one and they weren't really interested in the feelings of the people that that affected. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think understanding that process and having empathy for the effects of it um, are really quite key, particularly in tech. You know, tech is a real um, hurdle for some people. I've been a part of some really big projects, you know, rolling out software to a couple of thousand people. Um, and depending on the skill set, you know, some people go, oh, yeah, it's new tech, right, I'll start working with it. And other people have a huge fear of it. Um, and so empathy is a huge um, thing for how I work, particularly with my one-on-one -on -one training because, People do, you know, if you've got someone who's been away from tech, um, they can feel like a real dunce and it's it's not. It's just that they haven't been taught. Mm. And what advice would you give your younger self? You do not need that piece of paper. Just get on with it. <laughs> I love that. I want to <laughs> quote that. All right, Linda, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Oh, Brené Brown is my fairy godmother. Um, so I actually have had uh, her quote, let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are, immortalised on my new video backdrop um, because it has completely changed my life, her, her work. I, I read um, The Gifts of Imperfection, which um, was one of the reasons I um, split up with my partner because I the future that I saw with him was very different to the future I really wanted. Um, and then her Daring Greatly book was the catalyst for me starting my business because it was all about just getting out and showing up and being seen and, and, and really embracing who you are. So that's why I'm here. I love it. And you are totally ready for her newest book, Braving the Wilderness. You're going to love it. Yeah, it's in the mail. Great. <laughs> Awesome. All right. And let's see. Lastly, Lynette, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? So I'm all over the interwebs. Um, uh, I'm mostly on Facebook at the moment. Um, or you can catch me on my uh, website, kitsandbits.com.au. Um, but I'm on all the usual, usual social media channels. <laughs> nice. And Kits and Bits, for everyone who's listening, is K-I-T-S and bits b-i-t-s so kits and bits you'll love it all right and you guys know that you can find all the links and resources shared at this episode in, at womentakingthelead.com and lynette thank you so much you are like calling in this is very early in the day for you 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 called in at 6 30 a.m so god bless and i really appreciate you taking the time to inspire and enlighten us we are all better for having met you. Oh, thanks, Jodie. I think I'm better for having met you. 
All right, if you have found yourself spinning your wheels and not getting results, it's likely because you have not cultivated the mindset and level of awareness that will take you there. My book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing, is a simple step-by-step system that gives you the foundation and the structure to take a goal and make it happen. Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplish to get your copy so you can start easily achieving the results you want to have. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.